In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome to the show. I am going to apologize in advance for the sound of my voice this week. Um, Normally, I am uh, a little bit clearer than I am right now. I'm fighting bronchitis, so if I go into like a coughing spell or something, just deal with me. Um, (laughs) That's the imperfection of live radio, right? So, but, um, you know, I could have taken the opportunity to say, hmm, I'm going to take a break from the show and and I'm not going to do it this week. But, you know, I thought that the topic that I wanted to bring to you was far more important than, you know, a little bit of a coughing fit or a little bit of a stuffy nose or a scratchy voice. Because um, this week, I, well, first of all, it's daddy. Where we celebrate the uh, the unique parenting styles of dads in our lives. I think that a lot of parenting shows focus so much on the mom side of parenting that we forget that there is this incredible team work that we have going when we have a a dad in our child's lives. And although they may parent a little bit differently, certainly they bring so much to the parenting dynamic and the parenting team, and and so many things that maybe. Uh, help us out as tag team partners and that sort of thing. So we like to bring dad's viewpoints and opinions and and insights uh, to the parenting world at least once a month. But uh, on the first Tuesday of every month, we really celebrate them. So this is Dad A. And the dad that we have chosen for our show this week is um, a gentleman by the name of Scott Ventrilla. And the reason that I chose Scott is because of the topic that I wanted to bring into the space. And that is uh, basically around the whole um, recent murder-suicide of uh, with Jovan Belcher from the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, it's such a sad story to, you know, to be looking at the field from such an odd angle that you would think that there was no other choice but to take your own life. Um, but Javon went further than that, and, and he took the life of his his fiance and the mother of their little three-month-old baby girl. And when, you know, I, I'm in a household of men, and not all the men in my house uh, are sports fanatics, but one of them is, and that's my 14-year-old son. And you know, I really had to take a step back when they were, you know, doing all this mourning for Jovan and and celebrating of his life. I had to take a step back and and really think and, and have a conversation with my son and say, buddy, do you understand that this isn't a man who was in a tragic car accident? 
you know, this isn't a man who was suffering from an illness and was taken far too soon. This was a man who chose to take the life of another person as well as himself. And really, what are you what are you idealizing about this guy? What are you putting on a pedestal about this man that would cause you to want to mourn him so greatly and celebrate his life so much? You know, celebrate the life of his daughter and and think about what he did and what he left behind. And I know that's a tough conversation for us to have. But, you know, when you look at the world of sports, uh, professional sports, and you see people like Michael Vick, you know, being from the Philadelphia area and being a person who was in the animal care field for 20 years, um, Michael Vick is not a hero in my book. But um, if you're an Eagles fan, you know, he might be. And so I wanted to talk with Scott because he, um, well, first of all, he has this program called uh, Hero to Zero. And, um, you know, the basis of the program is with great power comes great responsibility. He has a website called Positive Dynamics. And he also works with um, Catholics to to take them, um, to prepare them for the sacrament. But he really works with people on... Um, finding out what it is that you're celebrating and um, about yourself and about other people. So I was really excited to have Scott as my guest today. So without further ado, and before I go into another coughing fit, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Tara, uh, good to be with you. And I'm sorry to hear that you've got a little uh, touch of uh, bronchitis. <laughs> Hopefully it'll heal quickly. And to all the dads listening, happy dad day. <laughs> Happy dad day. Thanks, Scott. You know, the doctor called it acute bronchitis, and when I left the office, I said, you know, there's nothing cute about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Exactly. It's actually very ugly, but thank you for that anyway. So, Scott, let's. Um, I, I want to dive right in here and, and get your opinion on... Um, you know, this whole thing with, with Joe Von Belcher and, and Michael Vick and, and what we're setting our kids up for as far as, you know, what makes a hero. Well, th- thank you. And, and by the way, um, you know, you have a 14-year-old son. Very, that's a very impressionable uh, age. Uh, that's an age, um, and there's a range in there, especially and for young men and young women. But uh, I've got a 15-year-old son, soon to be 16, and an 18-year-old daughter now in college. But I think that, you know, the whole idea of uh, that at that age, how impressionable they can be. Uh, and as, you know, I'm sure that we can relate to at one time, you know, being at that age and having certain uh, role models in our own lives. Uh, it, it's interesting. Now, I, I don't, uh, I, I do follow uh, football, but for being from New York, you know, mostly the, you know, the New York teams, uh, <laughs> did not, I know nothing about Jovan Belcher. I think in your introduction it said it all, though. It is tragic. Um, there, uh, I, my gosh, uh, who knows what goes on in the mind of someone who would uh, 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 do such a horrendous, uh, commit such a horrendous uh, crime. Uh, in leaving their child, you know, uh, without uh, parents. I believe the grandparents will now raise this uh, child. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not in a position to uh, judge Jovan Belcher. Uh, that's God's work. But right. um, in terms of, uh, I agree with you that in terms of a role model, I think unfortunately we, and I, and I, and I'm, you know, not just, you know, your 14 year old son or my 15 year old son or the younger people, but we more or less collectively 
um, have maybe a misguided, many people have a misguided notion as to, you know, what, what constitutes a good role model. Absolutely. I, I struggle with it all the time. I mean, I don't have girls. I have two boys. But, you know, it, when you see things like uh, Lindsay Lohan's of the world and the Miley Cyrus's of the world, you know, my kids used to love Miley Cyrus. But when it was, you know, um, Hannah Montana and all that. And then one day I saw a video of her and she was dressed as a bird and she was breaking out of cage and it was very seductive. And it was something that I would shield my son's eyes from it if I had seen it in a public place. And I thought, that's that's Hannah Montana. Like, how is Disney allowing that to happen? How are, you know, how is her father allowing that to happen? You know, come on, Billy Ray, get it together. But, you know, where do where do we draw the line and how do we explain that line to our kids? Well, uh, yeah, just to back up for a second, when you say, um, yeah, and, and I think Miley Cyrus is a good example. Again, I, I don't follow uh, you know, pop culture that closely, but clearly I'm familiar with Miley, her background with Disney, the clean image that she had. Um, we, again, as a society, and, the, you know, especially the media, when you think about the reality shows, um, you know, the, it, it's, it's really the shock factor uh, that, that, that what, uh, that's what get, uh, gets people's attention. So I believe that uh, these folks, especially, again, those that are in the public eye, Look, the, uh, I think of Lady Gaga, and I'm not, you know, is she a good role model? I, I don't know, you know, wearing an outfit <laughs> made of red meat? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think necessarily that that sends, I'm not even sure what kind of a message that sends, other than getting people's attention. There's a shock factor, and the more attention you get, uh, it, it, it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it certainly fills some kind of a void I would suggest you know the wrong you know the wrong thing to fill a void with maybe a spiritual void, um, but but it, it, there's something's got to be very satisfying to the ego you know getting that kind of attention. And number two though, uh, you know the greater the shock, the more attention, uh, the, the more that the media takes uh, notice, then um, you're probably going to generate more income. You know it's the it's the you know the Madonnas and the Britney Spears uh, and and uh, entertainers, actors, actresses that uh, tend to get, you know, more of that kind of attention. It doesn't really pay to be a good girl or a good boy. Um, you, you know, it, it's, and, and I think that, you know, there's this idea that, okay, I've got to, you know, I've really got to kind of press the, uh, the limits in order to get uh, noticed and to make it in this world. I agree with you. I mean, my husband and I were just talking about it because uh, in the morning when we exercise, we watch um, old, and when I say old, I'm talking like home improvement old television. <laughs> right. I, I don't even, <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. But, um, you know, we were just talking about it the other day and how we miss those shows that were, you know, family oriented, that you could sit down with the whole group of you and watch television and not have to worry about something offensive coming on the television or, you know, it wasn't reality TV and, and all the craziness that's going Going on today, you know, that's in the spotlight. And I think that we are as parents and, you know, being the queen of accountability, as they say, um, I believe that we as parents are allowing it. And I think that we need to step up and play a bigger role in 
I, I hate to use the word censorship, but I'm just going to do it. I think we need to censor more of what our kids are watching. And and I think we need to give them more um, acceptable alternatives for the things that we want them to be watching and want them to be paying attention to. You know, yeah, your kids are going to say, I can't stand you and I hate you. And how would you, why would you do that to me? But, you know, in the long run, what it comes down to is uh, what kind of culture are you willing to raise your children in and what kind of behavior are you willing to accept from them? And what kind of role models are you willing to allow them to um to, to idealize. So when we come back from this commercial, we're going to talk about um, how we can get our kids to look in the right direction and find the goodness in average everyday people. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach of the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVette Live, every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are being joined today by Scott Ventrella. And um, Scott, before the break, we were talking about um, how we can 
take a closer look as parents at the um, the role models that our kids are following and, and the people that our kids are emulating. Um, I, I would like to get back to that because I think it's a really important um, role that we play as parents kind of, you know, I use the word censorship, but I think it's more observation and paying attention. That's right. And, and uh, you, you actually made a, a comment just before the break about uh, you use the word censorship, which I would actually modify to a degree. Let me uh, l- let me explain. Um, first of all, I th- I think it's important to you know for those uh, who are parents or soon to be parents, you know, the younger the better in terms of uh, beginning to um, you know help uh, shape or, or you know the idea or the notion of what constitutes a a good role model. So as I mentioned, I've got now two uh, teenagers. But uh, from from very early on, and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be in alignment. So my wife Catherine and I were were in close alignment. You know, what what are the our values? Uh, and it can be based on humanistic values. In our case, the combination of humanistic and our our spiritual slash you know Catholic uh, values. And um, and very early on, you know, it wasn't so much. I, I guess you could argue that it's a form of censorship. But we we were very. Um, uh, we kept a very tight control on um, what they watched, you know, what they watched, how much they watched. It was very limited. Uh, they could not watch certain programs. There were no TVs uh, in in areas where they, you know, we couldn't see what was going on. They did not have, um, uh, they did not have uh, any, kind, you know, Xbox or PlayStation. I know this sounds terrible. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a boomer parent, and one of the characteristics of boomer parents is that, you know, we, we want to be friends with our kids. You know, we want, um, you know, we want to give them things that we might never have had, et cetera. Uh, that's not good parenting. So my point is, uh, and, and in my own experience, you know, we put strict limitations on those, uh, those kinds of things. They did not have the cell phones. They did not have the uh, computers, uh, Internet. Uh, you know, access. Obviously, you know, you get to a certain age in school, and that's, you know, you're getting younger and younger where you have to rely on some of this technology. But there are, you know, um, guidelines around that. Uh, for instance, again, making sure that that equipment and the use of such is in an area where it can be closely supervised and, uh, and, and monitored. So, so there are ways to do that. Um, and I think that's a good place to start. And like I said, the younger, the better, because once your kids hit the teen years, it's very difficult to try to to try to undo those things. <laughs> right. The bad habits, let's say. I agree. In terms of um, role models, I want to again. I I watch very little uh, television, um, but I you know in in terms of role models and w- whatever you think of the show, Two and a Half Men. And I only heard. I, obviously, I was familiar with the show because of uh, uh, Charlie Sheen. All the, 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 yeah, the Charlie Sheen and all the wackiness with it. But what really caught my attention in the last week or so was this uh, this young man, Angus T. Jones. I think I've got the name correct. Um, who apparently had been on this has been on the show for quite a few years, and now has just come out uh, and said in a very public way, "Hey, you know, don't watch the show. It's not good." Uh, not good for you, uh, doesn't set a good example, and he's basing that on his Christian beliefs. I'm not familiar with his, uh, with that, with the, the uh, church, uh, the pastor uh, that's been, uh, at least in some press, has been 
the, the pastor has been disparaged. Uh, regardless, and regardless of what you think of this young man, the idea that that um, you know he has this conviction and this belief that apparently has just come to him that hey, I if I want to be practice my faith in this case his Christian faith, uh, I cannot be a good example, a good role model if I'm also going to appear on this show, which I believe is uh, the is um, uh, contrary to you know my Christian beliefs. Wow. So, you know, he basically came out and said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You That's know, right. now that now that I'm of an age that I can control what I do, um, I'm choosing to follow my faith more than my paycheck. So as a parent, you know, how do you, you know, how do you use that as a teachable moment? It's not about um, what I would focus on. So, so let's say you want to, this is all about having a dialogue with your kids. So uh, Thanksgiving has passed, but now we come up with, you know, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, a lot of family gatherings and things like that. This is a good opportunity to take an example like an Angus T. Jones and have a discussion. Because um, really what it comes down to uh, is it comes down to the idea that we as individuals have certain core beliefs. You don't have, in his case, it was Christian, but it, for other people it may be something else. The idea is uh, to focus on the idea of what are, you know the core beliefs and w- what are these core beliefs, and do we act in a way that is consistent with our core beliefs? And I think you can use the Angus T. Jones as an example of someone who is is acting in a way that is consistent with his core beliefs. He's not an imposter. He doesn't want to be a fraud, and he's doing it at the. And he knows that he signed a contract. Uh, and not only will he uh, could he lose out on that money, but he could very possibly. I'm not a lawyer, but you know, if you violate a contract, you know, you get the lawyers involved. There could be some um, uh, sure, you know, legal, legal issues. Rem- you know, implications. So he's aware of that. So you know, being able to act and knowing what the consequences are, but you know, knowing that you don't want to violate uh, your. Um, I use the term platinum standard. You know, those things that are most core and precious, unique to you. I love that. We have pillars. That's you right. know, in our we have our family pillars, and you know, I I love that the platinum standard, and I think that the most important thing for a family when when you talk about you you made a very good point about you know families are going to be gathering, they're going to be spending a lot more time together. It doesn't matter what faith you follow, schools are going to be out. <laughs> so unless you're homeschooling your kids, which that which you know, you're probably spending a ton of time with them anyway, if that's the case, Um, you're going to be spending a lot more time with these impressionable people that you've, you know, brought into your home or or that you're raising. So why not take this time to sit down with them and decide what your family pillars are? What are your core beliefs as a family unit? What are your unbreakable standards? What are your marble pillars? That's what they are in our family. For our family, you know, we don't lie. We don't hurt. Um, you know, people ch- tried to tell us, oh, you shouldn't put them in don't phrases because that's very negative. But, you know, if that's the case, then we're honest. You know, we're gentle. We don't curse. That's huge to our family. So there's certain pillars that we follow and we one of our biggest pillars is that we're respectful and there's so many things that can fall into that framework we don't have a list of a thousand rules that you can't break in our home because if you talk back to me 
that's being disrespectful. If you hurt, if you hit your brother, we don't hurt. We're gentle with each other. We don't do that. Um, but like to an earlier point that you made, you know, if the person that you're looking up to, you know, when we're sitting down and we're talking to our kids and we're saying that if the person that you're looking up to contradicts your core values as a person or as a family, is that really someone that we're going to support? So if your core belief is that we're kind to animals, are you really going to support Michael Vick? Just because he is the quarterback for your favorite team? You know, does that... Does does his position in society supersede your core beliefs as a person? Well, you're making another excellent point, and uh, and uh, and and I want to I want to get into that just a little bit if we could. Um, so, and that's part of the problem, Tara, is that you know we've got these people that we we admire as in Michael Vick's uh, case, uh, you know, uh, a, a very gifted uh, athlete. And, and so we tend to focus on that, and then we ignore the fact that he was, you know, abusing these animals, these dogs, and these uh, dog fights, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, let me use another example. Um, uh, former President Bill Clinton. I, many people admire him. You know, they connected with him. He seemed to have that gift, uh, you know, of you know, charisma, the ability to communicate, the ability to, you know, regardless of what your position in life was, you know, people really tended to love the guy and, and still do. Yet when he was in office, you know, the whole Monica Lewinsky uh, scandal, when I think about that and I think about the comments that, oh, well, you know, that's his personal life. Um, you know, we shouldn't do what, what, what he does in his personal life is his own business. Well, I disagree with that because he did mm -hmm. that. These actions took place in the White House. Um, I am a, a adjunct college professor. I've served as an executive vice president of a publicly held uh, firm. I teach, as you mentioned, um, uh, confirmation class, uh, preparing uh, uh, 14, 15-year-olds for confirmation. My point is this. If I did what he did uh, in any of the roles that I played, uh, that, that I have served in, uh, as an executive vice president of, public, of a publicly held company, I would have been fired on the spot. Absolutely. Um, as an adjunct professor, I would have been terminated. There, there would have been consequences. They wouldn't have said, oh, well, you know, what he did is in his personal life you know, it doesn't matter. No, that's, that's, that's not true. This guy who played, who, who was the voice for uh, Elmo, again, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it, it does matter. We are held to a higher standard, and the greater the position, the greater the profile, our visibility, I believe that the, the, the greater the responsibility that we have to serve as a, as a good role model. But we are a forgiving country. We are a forgiving people, a forgiving uh, culture. We tend to, so, so if, we, if we're too harsh, on these people and these behaviors, then we're considered, well, holier than thou or judgmental. And as I said earlier, no, we're not, in a, it's not our job to judge, but we should be able to discern the difference between appropriate behavior uh, and inappropriate uh, behavior. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we're going to go to break in a few seconds, but when we come back, I really would love to go through the steps with you as to how we can decide what is a good role model and how we can model that search with our children.
Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, we are being joined on Day by Scott Ventrilla, who is, um, he also, I wanted to let everybody know too, Scott has a, a radio show called The Business of Living. And um, so he focuses on religion and spirituality and, um, you know, just like the important pieces of life. <laughs> so we want to want to put a shout out there for Scott's show too. Um, but we are talking on this show about how we can help our children to discern what is a good role model to follow, um, why certain behaviors, when we find out about them, would lead us to say, maybe that's not someone that you should be um, idolizing so much. And, I, you know, I know that we're not supposed to to follow idols, but um, 
our kids do have people that they look up to. Our kids do have people that they want to be like and they want to emulate. So as parents, I think that it's our job to kind of put a framework around that and say, you know what, um, in our family, these are the these are our pillars. These are our standards. These are that's you know you referred to them earlier in the show, Scott, as platinum standards. You know these are the types of people that if we had to be like someone, if we had to follow someone um, other than um, you know our our spiritual leaders, this is the kind of person that we would most want to emulate. And it's probably not the person who beats his, his wife or, you know, has dog fights or, you know, does drugs openly. And, you know, those aren't the kind of people that we really want to be like. And I think what I find in my life, Scott, is the hardest thing is to say to my kids, no, you can't without saying, but here's what you can do. And I think that's the piece as as parents that we forget the most. We're so stuck in this, no, you can't, and because I said so. And I think the piece that we're forgetting the most is, here's how, or this is what I would like. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and, And so instead of focusing so much on, you know, this is what you can't do, let's talk about, you know, what you can do. Um, I think what you you know is the 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 bigger issue is uh, uh, around you know how do we actually you know engage our children in this kind of a conversation and it depends on you know of course the age um, mm-hmm. telling a a teenager you know when we see certain look growing up you know we had posters of whether it be sports figures rock stars etc you know hanging up in our rooms um, uh to tell a kid that, well, you know, you, you can't have that, that poster up on the wall, uh, you know, some t- depending on the age, obviously a teenager is going to push back. Well, sure. you know, what's the matter with so-and-so? And, you know, why, why not? And, and, oh, you're being judgmental. And who are you that you're so perfect that blah, 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 blah. So I, I think, you know, how we engage, and I think a, a, a better way to engage is, and you, you touched on this, is to you know identify people, and they don't have to necessarily be famous people. Although there are some good role models that are famous, so you you might start there. It gets people's attention. And again, I'm not a, 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 a necessarily a, a big fan of you know Brad Pitt, but I know there are, he does have a lot of fans. It, mm-hmm. That my point in mentioning Brad Pitt is that um, he does do a lot of great things. He's look, he's a good actor. He's a, maybe I'm just jealous. I don't know. Uh, he's got the looks and the acting. He's got Angelina, et cetera. Um, but I've got Catherine. So, um, but anyway, you know, he, he's got a foundation to, um, that rebuilds homes in New Orleans. And this was right after Katrina under the, um, the banner, you know, make it right. His wife, who everybody knows, Angelina Jolie, uh, is a United Nations ambassador. Uh, you know, sometimes she's criticized and she, that she's doing it for the wrong reasons. Look, the fact is that there are some very well-known people who are out there uh, publicly and some not so publicly uh, doing great things. So I think to engage in a dialogue rather than, again, when you get into, you know, you, you can't follow or admire or, you know, this person or have them as a role model, and some parents do that, you know, you're forbidden, well, that's not going to really get you in a good place, rather to focus on, you know, who are the people. And by the way, also some 
some of the uh, the people who who often go unheralded. You know, they're not they're not famous uh, people that uh, oftentimes you know the newspapers will focus on folks. And I'm just looking at something here that was in the Wall Street Journal a little while uh, a little while back. It says, "Are you a hero or a bystander?" And it talks about these individuals who. Um, I'll just give you one example. Uh, but this woman, Lori Ann Eldridge, and it says, um, and she's there with her family, pulled an elderly woman from a car moments before it was demolished uh, by a train. Or uh, So examples like that, that uh, where there are people out there that are doing some great things that are serving as great role models and to really try to engage our children in discussions around, you know, around those kinds of people, famous mm-hmm. and, and those that are not famous. You know, I love that point because one of the one of the big things that we do in uh, Stop Raising Einstein, um, one of our weekly virtues is philanthropy. And so one of the journaling exercises that we do every day for that week is to name three acts of kindness or greatness that you witnessed someone else doing for someone and to journal about that. And what that did for my kids was to open up their eyes to their community to the people around them, you know, it wasn't just going to the newspaper or seeing what's on Yahoo News today or, you know, what did Brad Pitt do? You know, yeah, Brad Pitt does amazing things, but Brad Pitt also has an amazing income to be able to do those things, you know? That's right. <laughs> That's like saying Warren Buffett built a house for the homeless. It's like, okay, yeah, but... He's got the money and the time that he can take. Exactly, exactly. But when you can take your kids to a Habitat for Humanity site and they can see their neighbors building a house for a neighbor, that puts people in a totally different light for them. And for me, those are the kind of role models that I would prefer my children look up to because, A, it's something they could do tomorrow. That's you know, right. We're not going to have Brad Pitt's money tomorrow. We're not going to have Warren Buffett's money tomorrow. We're not going to be able to do the same things that these people do. Like the Bill Gates Foundation is a tremendous thing. But, oh, my gosh, you know, look at what goes into that. And my children may or may not achieve that in their lifetime. But what they can do tomorrow is they can go to the pantry and collect some canned goods and stuff and take them to the local food bank where the elderly couple who's been running it for the last 40 years and knows everybody can shake their hand and they can see that person as a role model. And I, I, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I'll ramble for days. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, I think uh, another point that I'd like to make is that, um, you know, be sure to involve yourself in the discussion with your children about, you know, around role models. So, for example... You know, let them know who your role models were when you were, you know, their age, who your role models are today. I know that when my son started getting interested in sports, um, I I shared with him, I gave him, I used to collect football cards back in the days when, you know, you actually had to really work hard to get the the players that you wanted. You know, back then, Joe Namath, getting a Namath card was almost impossible. You had to buy a a thousand packs, which of course you couldn't afford. But my uh, one of my uh, one role model football player back then was Jerry Rice. Not too far back, you know, played for the Forty ers wide receiver. And and so you know, I talked to my son about that. So you know, well, well, Dad, why why did you like him? I said, well, you know, he was a hard worker. He was the one that showed up first 
uh, for practices. He, you know, he worked hard in the off season. Um, when he made a great play, there was no, you know, fist pumping and and you know dancing around. He just went, you know, went about his business, did his thing, worked hard, contributed to his team. Uh, and I was very pleased that when my son started following baseball, uh, specifically the Yankees, uh, and, and without any, you know, any nudging from me or my two cents, um, you know, he was very disappointed when it when it was revealed that you know players like A Rod and and others, uh, well, Clemens. You know, Pettit. You know, allegedly. Well, Pettit admitted to uh, the use of steroids, um, mm-hmm. and and you know, he said, you know, they he pretty much his bottom line, his conclusion was, Dad, they're you know, they're cheaters. They cheated. Uh, big fan of Derek Jeter, uh, mm-hmm. and um, because you know, at least in my son's eye, he's a guy who, again, just gets down to business, does his job, plays well, and apparently, you know, has not. Uh, you know, used any kind of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Right. And there are so many out there. You know, there's, I, I think that what, something that you said earlier in the first segment of the show is so true, too. The media is going to bring out the thing that has the most shock value. And getting to practice early and leaving practice late and doing 300 jump shots every day as That's a ritual. Right. You Who know, cares? <laughs> right? Those aren't the kind of things that are going to make it on Yahoo News, right? That, but, right. you know, the guy who's shooting up or, you know, cheating on his girlfriend or whatever, those are the kind of people that unfortunately make it into the spotlight. So um, I think that it's kind of our job as parents and as a community to kind of shine our own spotlight and maybe take our kids to a local game and talk to some of the local players mm. to get our kids to understand what really goes into making it into professional sports so that when they're they are idolizing you know those those new york giants on the field i'll, I'll forgive you later but <laughs> you know uh, you when they are the area you're from the philly area well you know, you know we lost last night so, <laughs> so yeah, See, i'm sure there's a lot of people that are happy about that Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, but we, you know, Tara, we, uh, I hate to bring this up, but, you know, gosh, uh, the biggest probably newsworthy item relative to an athlete was Lance Armstrong. Right. So what and a I have huge to tell disappointment because so many people looked up to this guy for so many reasons. Yeah, and when we come back from this break, I want to talk about that more because actually I used to time races locally that Lance Armstrong participated in mm. before he was a cheater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Why do I feel so lousy? Why are my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. 
the author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the final stretch of an awesome Day show um, with our guest, Scott Ventrella. And, Scott, I want to thank you so much for um, being such an amazing and, and inf- informative guest for us today. It's, um, I love having conversations with dads and, and getting a different perspective on, you know, how our kids view us as parents and, and how you the opposite sex view parenting. And, um, I, I don't think that we give you dads enough credit. So I just well, want to put that up there. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, thank you for that. And it is a, um, my gosh, I know that, uh, my father-in-law used to say to my wife, Catherine and I, uh, cause look, and I know I'm speaking as a, a dad, so I'm obviously biased, but he'd say, you, you know, you, you're so lucky that you have such great kids. And I said, okay, you know, we, we appreciate that, but it's not, it's not just luck. I mean, this is this is work. It is being on the same page. It's working together with your with your spouse. It's may, like you said, being very clear on what those pillars are. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we used to tease him on that. Said, "Well, Dad, you know, it, um, it's not just luck. In fact, it's mostly you know hard work. You know, paying attention, making sure first and foremost that you're serving as good role models as parents. That you're acting." congruent with your pillars, platinum standard, et cetera. So anyway, I think that uh, uh, it, it, it is a different dynamic, you know, father to son, father to daughter, mother to daughter, mother to son. Uh, but it does ultimately, in a, in a family unit, 
uh, it requires a, um, a very, com- uh, you know, a combined uh, effort where you're all on the same page. I, go- I couldn't agree with you more. I really have a big, um, when my girlfriends come to me with in whine and complain mode about their husbands and how he did this wrong or did that wrong, I always say, you know, just because he did it differently doesn't mean he did it wrong. Well, that's right. And, you know, another, so obviously there, in today's age, there are a lot of broken families or divorces. Um, and, and, and people that I know where, um, where the kids are able to uh, get through that, because kids, it really racks them up, um, where they're able to get through it in a fairly positive manner is when the parents are consistent. So when they go to mom's house, there's a set of rules, those pillars. And when they go to dad's house for the next weekend, it's the same set of uh, pillars. So when the parents, even in a divorce situation, can mm-hmm. be on the same page, can work together, even if you don't agree, um, for, you, you can agree for the sake of the kids that, okay, we're going to raise our kids, even though we're no longer together, we're going to raise them and agree on this common set of values so they're not working one against the other. It's that consistency. So even with a family, um, I know of one family where, you know, the mom went to church every Sunday, uh, the kids were brought up, you know, received some of the sacraments, but the, the dad, you know, didn't, you know, didn't go. And, and so by the time the kids got to be, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, it's like, wait a minute, mom, we're not going because dad's not going. And that co- created a huge problem in the family. And that's just one example. There are other, there are other kinds of examples. It's, I, I deal with that a lot with um, parenting as far as um, dealing with IEP teams and that sort of thing, too. In when I go into an IEP team meeting, to when the kids are actually pitting the parents and the school against each other, um, you know, I see that a lot when I deal with family situations where they're pitting one another, uh, the parents against each other. And you know, I think it's kind of ironic that we're coming into the holidays because as a child of a divorce of divorced parents, I found the holidays to be some of the most stressful times of year for me as a kid. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, Santa's coming. Everything's, you know, it's it's just going to be sugar plums and roses and, and everything's great when you're a kid. But the fact is, you know, I felt the tension so much between my parents because they would try to outdo each other for the holidays. You know, Mm -hmm. this one would try to one up that one with presents or whatever. And I would have to spend my holidays at five different houses because, you know, at one o'clock I had to go to my mom's mom and then it's one thirty I had to go. And it was it was crazy stressful for me as a kid. Um, at the holidays, and I thought, I, I even as a little girl, I would think to myself, "Really? Like, why can't you guys get a schedule together that isn't making everybody crazy? No wonder, you know, no wonder you guys can't stand the holidays. Look at what you're doing to yourselves." <laughs> right. And it's just, it's amazing to me that. Well, I mean, the truth be told, if if parents could get on the same page and communicate better, they probably wouldn't have gotten divorced in the first place, though, right? But- well, no, that, that, that's, that's true. Uh, and, and that said, though, I, like I said, I have a very close friend who was divorced, you know, many years ago and, um, and, and now has, a, you know, younger kids through this second marriage. But he and his ex-wife, uh, you know, really did decide 
for the sake of the kids, that they were going to work this out, that they were going to be consistent. And it really did work out quite well for them. That's cool. That's awesome. It, and it, it doesn't do always you, happen, but, you know, you need mature people who are not and, – and people who are not selfish and, and say, okay, look, unfortunately this marriage did not, you know, work out, uh, yet we have brought children into this world. We have an obligation, a responsibility to do what's right for them. We've got to put our own issues aside for the benefit of the uh, children and, 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 again, do the right thing, you know, serve as the good role models, be consistent in what we're saying and, and what values we are reinforcing here. And, you know, I think you just made the ultimate point of the whole show. And we're talking about, you know, what we're going to, who we're going to allow our children to identify as role models. If we're going to step into that position and say, you can follow this person, you can't follow that person, the most important person that we need to be monitoring is ourselves. Am I the ultimate role model for my kid? And, it starts you know, there. It's it, got to start there, Tara. It's got to yeah. start there. And it, yeah. It, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if dad and I couldn't make it work or if mom and I couldn't make it work. That doesn't make either of us bad people. So let's get that straight right now. You know, none of that talking about each other and, you know, talking smack on the other person when they're not there or, you know, asking them, well, what did your dad give you for Christmas? And, you know, because I've heard tons of those conversations too. be the person that you want your child to be in that moment. And there's no reason why you can't uphold the same values that you talked about, you know, respect, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, we don't hurt people. We don't hurt animals, whatever that might be. Uh, it doesn't mean that you cannot um, in any way uh, uphold those same, uh, those same values. Absolutely. You know, and I think that if we started to, to shift that needle a little bit, Scott, to the point, because so many marriages end, are still ending in divorce. I mean, I remember the divorce rate being extremely high when I was young, too. And, and it's still very high. I think the, where we can start to shift that needle is in the way that we treat one another post-divorce because you know because if we show kids that um you we treat each other with respect we do what's right um you know we follow our pillars we follow our beliefs we follow our morals we're kind to one another and you know we can have resolution even in this situation i think we're going to be teaching our kids how to resolve conflict to the point where divorce isn't always necessary. It's not going to be as necessary because kids are going to learn how to disagree. You know, I think that's the reason that our divorce rate is so high is because as parents, we don't teach our children how to disagree. And how to resolve uh, conflict. Um, I want to mention this, Tara, before I forget. I came across a great um, website, and I'm not in any way connected to them, but in preparing for this show, uh, the organization is called the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. And they've got a great, among other things, on there in terms of resources, is a PDF. It's children and role models under facts for families. You, um, your listeners may want to check that out. Some really good tips. Really, a lot of it has reinforced what we've discussed during this show. The American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. So, uh, again, I would... Uh, encourage your listeners to uh, check that out when there's time. 
Absolutely. I thank you for that. And hopefully they have some things that parents can do um, or that families can engage in over the holidays when everybody's together. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest points about the whole um, creating idols and, and who do we look up to and, and who do we want to be like, I think the whole thing ties down to integrity. And when we can teach our children what integrity is, what does it mean to us? What, how can we identify it in other people? You know, who are the people in your life that you feel have very strong integrity? Or where were situations in your life where, you, you know, your integrity was tested, but you stood your ground and you stood for what you believed in, even if it wasn't the most popular decision? You know, having conversations like that, um, those are the kinds of things that are going to allow our kids to go in the right direction when they have to make those choices without no, us. A- absolutely. And, and, you know, do that. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, especially with the older kids, teenagers, don't, don't just sit them down or even at the dinner table because they're not going to really be in that engaged. What we do, you know, no electronic gadgets. We, you know, we bought a secondhand ping pong table, so you make a couple hundred dollar investment. And so when you're playing a game, even, te- you know, teenagers generally will interact more when it's a little bit more, you know, shooting hoops, um, uh, whatever your thing might be. Uh, but, you know, make sure that, you know, that no earbuds in the, you know, in the, with the music going, you know, you, you want to engage them in a way that's kind of relaxed and, and uh, it's not the main focus. Uh, you're, you know, you're doing some other kind of an activity. But, you know, pick the right time, the right place, because uh, your children will be much more receptive, especially your older children. Absolutely. We are wrapping up, and um, I just want to thank you, Scott, so much for all the value that you brought to our show today. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And during this holiday break, take the time to unplug and engage. I love that last (laughs) statement that you just made. And everybody, if I don't get to talk to you before the holidays, because we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, have a great Christmas. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate, do it with passion, do it with your family. Have a great week and keep playing. Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course, listen to the show.